Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz. Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, where we strive to make WordPress easier for all photographers around the world. I'm your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz, and I'm the community and blog wrangler at Imagely, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel Conley, who is the founder of Photoscribe. This is episode two. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Scott. How are you? Good. Uh, so we spoke yesterday doing the first episode of the podcast. Yep. We geeked out about podcasting and WordPress and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. We, uh, we, we definitely uh, went very geek on, on everybody. We wanted to do a behind the scenes of how this whole podcast thing is working, talk about um, how each episode is going to go down and the structure and um, sort of do a brief introduction to our uh, first guest who's on right now. Yeah, so, we, te we teased you, Christine, and we said you had some exciting WordPress stories for us. Yes. Um, we, we even said you have a claim to fame. That was our, our cliffhanger at the end. Um, yes. So, uh, like we just said, today we are delighted to have with us Christine Tremelay. Christine is a digital strategist, a, a business coach, and happens to be an amazingly competent woman who named WordPress. So, it felt right to have her as our first guest. And speaking of confidence, um, I do believe one of Christine's superpowers is to help others grow their confidence. Is that not right, Christine? <laughs> Correct. Correct. So Christine was a, was a, a web consult, uh, consultant working for Fortune 500 companies, then moved to be a full-time working photographer until she decided to shift her career full-time into coaching. So she has 15 years of blogging experience 3.2 million written words. That is crazy. That is awesome. Very awesome. Um, her new business, Brilliantly Course, and podcast um, are really, really fantastic. Christine has all the right tools to help photographers grow their business. So, welcome, Christine. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being our first guest. Thank you. This is exciting. I know. These are fun topics, WordPress and photography, so something we're all very passionate about. Yes. Well, and I realize, should we answer the, there's three questions that always seem to come up when sure. we bring up the fact that I named WordPress. Yes. Um, so the, uh, yes, I did name WordPress. Uh, Matt Mullenweg, I live in Houston, Texas, and Matt Mullenweg is originally from here. I didn't work for the company. That's actually the first question that everybody asked. So like, oh, so you work for Automatic. No, uh, WordPress was still like a glimmer in Matt's then 19-year-old eye. Um, oh, 19. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, he, was, he was like 19, maybe 20. Wow. Um, so it was, uh, he had been coding it, and uh, we used to hang out at the coffee shop with him while he was coding it. And I just happened to tell him I was good at naming things. Um, the other two questions that always come up are uh, what other names were considered, and I don't know that any other names were ever considered. It oh. went from, he asked me at South by Southwest if I had a name. We talked a little bit about different ideas, and he told me at the time that he felt that WordPress was just going to like completely change the web. And um, 
I was not 19 at the time, so I was like, ah, oh, that's precious. <laughs> You're right. Totally going to change the internet. That's so sweet. Um, turns out he was right and I was wrong. Um, I knew that blogging was changing the internet. Blogging really, uh, back in, this is 2003, so blogging was really making a change in how people were doing business and everything already. But I didn't know that this one software was really going to take over everything like it did. Um, so he was right. And then the uh, random trivia that most people don't know, the whole reason why the version that you download is at WordPress.org is because at the time, WordPress.com was taken. Nothing existed oh. there. Nothing existed there. There was no website there or anything. It was just taken. And um, But .org was the only one available. However, he always knew that he wanted the software to be free, part of the open source community. Yeah. Uh, open source is something that he still really talks about a lot and really believes in. And um, so that's why the version that you download is at .org. That was the first domain that was registered. And then when they got the .com was when they added the WordPress.com service. Wow. that's I mean, that's so amazing <laughs> to have known Matt. And, you know, Scott and I were talking about the community that you were in in Houston. Was it Was it developers and coders and designers or just people hanging out? It was mostly just people hanging out. It really was an interesting mix of just people who wanted to have blogs. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, there's even an article in the Houston Press that talks about this. We had a bunch of women bloggers in Houston that we would get together once every month or two, and we had what we called Tierra Happy Hour. So we all wore tiaras and <laughs> went to a bar in downtown Houston. Uh, we, we would all go to the Flying Saucer in downtown. Well, Flying Saucer is a restaurant during the day. And because Matt wasn't 21, Matt would go there at like 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening when he could still get in yep. for dinner. Now, they didn't kick you out if you weren't over 21. But at like 7 or 8 o'clock at night, they'd switch it to 21 and over wow. just to get in the door. Yeah. So he would go there at like 5 o'clock and sit there and code code what was to become WordPress waiting for us to all show up at 8 o'clock at night when we could get in, but he couldn't. Right, with the tiaras. I love it. Tiaras, and he wore tiaras with all of us. So, <laughs> yeah. But it was definitely, it was a it was a really a mix of people. Um, as Scott mentioned, I was working as a web consultant at the time. So uh, I, was, I was entrenched in the geek world, but... Not everyone was like one friend of mine was a sec the actually the person that like coordinated the fact that we had a a group called H Town Bloggers. She was working as like an admin assistant at the time. She had you know nothing geek related, but you know, had just figured out how to install a blogging software. And so, what software were you using pre WordPress? Um, so I ran the whole range of what all had existed. So I used Gray Matter originally. Um, which was a product built by Noah Gray, and he originally just built it for himself. And he even admitted it was kind of horribly coded. Every time you wrote a, a blog post, it rebuilt your website. Oh, no. <laughs> so once you had a lot of blog posts, it would take, like, forever <laughs> to publish a post. Wow. Um, I tried Blogger for a little while, um, but this was when Blogger was still independently owned by Evan Williams. It was long before Google came into the picture. Matter of fact, I was using Blogger when he had a total of three employees and he had to fire them all because he couldn't pay them anymore. Ugh. 
So it had gone down to just like a one-man show. Yes. Um, a blogger. And then I was one of the first um, 100 users of movable type. I was actually, you know, I started, I signed up to download and start using movable type like the night that it launched. And, wow. and were you not using movable type even after naming WordPress? I was using movable type <laughs> after naming WordPress. So my other second claim to fame, if you Google my name somewhere, it actually talks on the internet about how CSS makes my eyes bleed. Like I cannot. Yep. To this day, I can, I can change fonts and that's it. Um, don't ask me to write something using CSS. <laughs> uh, and so I named WordPress, but I was using movable type and probably for seven or eight months. And WordPress.org was linking to my website. Thank you. Oh. It was like, thank you, Christine, for naming the software. But I was still using movable type, so Matt actually came to my house and personally migrated me to <laughs> my first install of WordPress, and I paid him with a six-pack of Dublin Dr. Pepper. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, which was his favorite at the time. And, um, yeah, so that was how I finally got migrated over. But at, and I asked him several years later, I was like, you know, why did you come over and do it for me? And he pointed out that, my blog was uh, had one of the most posts. It had the most comments, and so he just wanted to make sure it worked. Like, yeah. That the import process was stable, uh, because I think it had like five thousand comments at the time. It's my wow. personal blog, not my current business blog. And I believe if you go to the uh, tools and import feature in WordPress, there is a movable type importer sure. now that you can just install for anybody who is going from movable type. So. Yeah. And you don't actually find that. You know, I I met somebody in this fall who's using movable type, and I was like, oh my, you know, I thought movable type was dead and gone. Uh, Mina and Ben Trot, who owned it originally, eventually sold it, and um, but I guess it has a bit of a resurgence in the business community. And uh, since we've talked about all the different blogging softwares. I think it's really important, like, I love WordPress, and I think everybody should use WordPress, and yet, at the same time, I'm not, you know, people sometimes are like, well, you know, I use Squarespace, so I'm so sorry, and, you know, they're all softwares, use what you, use what you have to use, just right. know that when you use WordPress, um, the software itself is free, and there's a lot more plug-in options, Yeah, yeah. so much yeah. more range. Yeah, so. Squarespace, Squarespace is a fantastic, you know, content management system for people who, who need something just done for you and you're you're you've got a little bit of flexibility with customizing with the, through CSS, but you're still limited to what you can do. You can't add so and so and add so and so because yeah. it's, my friend has this cool plugin that I want to use. Right. You can't. Yep. Right. But um, there is definitely a need for Squarespace, and maybe we should move the conversation to how you use WordPress, and I think we can talk about Squarespace and WordPress in that same conversation, because there are definitely clients that I have that I, I actually recommend them to Squarespace because WordPress is too technical for it. And I see, I think that's where Imagely is going to come in, especially for photographers, to help them make WordPress more of a service base, which is really the, the real benefit of Squarespace is that mm -hmm. you get that customer service and, you know, there's a person to ask. I mean, I know with myself, when WordPress breaks sometimes, you panic because <laughs> it's like, okay, who do I ask? What do I Right. And what I you were saying was CSS. They're like, I looked on the WordPress site for the support number and I'm like, 
it's free software. Right. You don't get a support number. Right. Um, so right. I, I agree. I do think, um, I, and I have, I, I always try when I talk about, um, the things that I talk about when I'm working with people on their blogs, I do try to tell everybody, like, I'm not going to disown you if you're not using WordPress. Right. <laughs> um, okay. so, so how do you use WordPress? Um, for everything. <laughs> <laughs> we like that answer. <laughs> uh, but it is true. Uh, one of the first things for me that I start thinking through whenever I start something new is, you know, how is this going to work? So, I use WordPress for my website. I use WordPress um, to run my Business Brilliantly course. Uh, when people sign up, I have a specific course plugin. Um, my contact, every, I think pretty much everything I do is in WordPress. Um, so, and also using it for the main front door of the website in addition to the blog portion. Yeah. So for me, everything runs in WordPress. Yeah, that's that's a very important note, the fact that one of the misconceptions of WordPress is that it's blogging software, when really right. it did start out as blogging software, but, you know, it's now, I think, what, this is the 11th year of, it, of its existence, maybe 12th year? Um, at, it's at the point where it's now a content management system. It's right. not just, in fact, it's a whole application framework at this point. Right. There's literally applications being built on WordPress. Um, but so it's important to note that, um, or to, to, to sort of emphasize the fact that you're using WordPress for your entire website, not just the blog. It's the first thing people see when they come to the site. It's your contact form. It's your about page. Um, it's everything. In I fact, it's, I don't have, well, I don't have a portfolio or mm -hmm. a, a slideshow on the front of my website anymore because I'm not currently shooting full time. So I don't need that right. um, but when it when I did that was where you know I had a slideshow on the home page my portfolio lived inside of WordPress everything did yeah right. and, now and, you're and, doing oh go ahead Scott I, I was gonna say and and now your your course the the business brilliantly course is running using zippy courses which is a newer um, learning management system plugin and theme for for WordPress mm-hmm so oh, really even the course is 100% driven on WordPress with no outside learning system. So it's a you know that just shows the flexibility of WordPress overall, but it shows the fle the flexibility of how you're taking advantage of this flexible software. Right. I mean, there, I don't think there's anything I can't. It, you know, I mentioned being a web consultant at the company that I worked with. We would custom build people's software applications and stuff. I was already blogging. My coworker did too. And the two, America, she still works for TypePad, which spun off a movable type. Yep. Um, so she's worked for TypePad now for years. Uh, but we would laugh because we would be writing these proposals for people for $20,000 websites where we were custom building content management systems. And behind the scenes, we would, you know, we'd go have lunch together and be like, we could build that whole thing. In blogging software, right? But yep. you know, on the other hand, we're building this. Whole, you know, of course, our boss didn't want to hear that. It's much more exciting to build a twenty thousand dollar project. Um, but it does so so much, which I think is part of why it's overwhelming sometimes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And 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 I think that's why Squarespace is really the only other viable option because it has the home page and the blogging page all in one place, which is what WordPress does the best. 
So I think photographers struggle with that because they may have um, a, a, a website and then a blog site. And, and the, by not connecting the two, you're losing out on so much of that SEO and, you know, even just, just cohesiveness, brand yeah. um, cohesiveness, you know. What do you think about that, Christine? No, I totally, you know, um, so 2007, I did exactly that. I had a Flash website. Uh, because that's what we all had. Right, right. <laughs> um, so I had my Flash website. That that was what you went to when you went to christinetremolay.com. And then I had a blog that, you know, when you clicked the word blog, then you ended up on my WordPress blog. Uh, but in 2008, I was like, this is really, like, this is stupid. <laughs> Why do I have these two things separated for that very reason? You, you, every blog post, Google loves blog posts. They're new content. Yeah. Google's like, yep. yes, fresh content. Show me more. <laughs> yeah. Show me more. Yeah. And the more you show it, the more Google goes, oh my goodness, you're an authority on yeah. this topic. Um, so have it all in one place and get, get the benefit of all of that content that you're creating. Definitely. And there's so many themes and different ways to display it now than there was 10 years ago. Um, do you have any that you recommend in terms of, I know we, we, we sort of, we have a section about what your favorite WordPress product is. Do you have a, a favorite look that you recommend to the people you're working with? Well, um, everybody should go use ImageLink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Everybody should use ImageLink. Uh, currently, I personally like a lot of things from StudioPress. They've been around for a long time. Yep. They're kind of considered a gold standard of coding that's clean code, um, especially the because um, they have a parent theme and then children themes. Yes, and that's important. But that's really technical and confusing for a lot of photographers. and confusing. Yep. Uh, but if I get a child theme, I make sure I get it from from Studio Press most of the time, um, or from one that's been around for a yeah. long time. And, um, yeah, and you know that... I make Scott crazy <laughs> because I buy themes from Theme Forest all the time. Yeah. Not even really one particular designer, but I do make a point when I do that to go and look um, on Theme Forest. It shows right there. You can see like people, people can ask questions, yep. and I always try and go look and see like. How do they handle answering questions? And that's really important. Scott, yeah. you should tell people why that drives you crazy about ThemeForce, because I don't <laughs> think photographers know yeah. that. And it's yeah. so important. If there's no reviews and no support, I mean, you're, you're dead in the water when after you install it. Yeah, so there's a couple points on that. Um, so what Christine just said about checking questions, comments, reviews, stuff like that, that's important everywhere, no matter where you go. Yeah. But it, in my opinion, it's especially important on ThemeForest because ThemeForest is basically this um, giant site that sells pretty much any themer, or they have a plug-in side of it as well, that a developer wants to sell through them. Uh, there is a review process, but I think it's far more lenient than WordPress.org's review process. Yeah. So uh, you can't you can just go there and sell whatever you want, really, in the end, and I think the problem is, is that so many of the themes, and there's a lot of them there, are not coded up to WordPress quality standards. 
So there's often times where things just don't work right or you do something and the site will go down because it's just doing something incorrectly that doesn't work well with the servers or anything really. Or here's a great example. This is something I literally experienced yesterday right after recording episode one with Rachel. <laughs> um, a, uh, a cousin called me and said that, you know, the company he works for hired this marketing firm to design their new logo and design their new website. They charge a lot of money, and uh, the website they wound up using was a, or the theme they wound up using was just a WordPress theme from Theme Forest. They did no modification to it aside from adding the content and adding the logo. And all that he wanted to do was to have this slider, which is you know on the top of the page that that rotates. Shows on desktop does not show on mobile. And wow. all they wanted to do is to have it show on mobile. And the company said, well, we can't change that. And I said, well, you know, my, my reply to that is, well, if the theme can't do it, there's something wrong. You know, right. look in the code. Have that company you hired look in the code. So they, they have to do that. But if the theme really can't do it, uh, then I, I don't know. You know, like... There's, there's, it's, it's that kind of things where yeah. if, if right. it can't do what the client wants, then it's not a good thing to choose. Right. Yeah. So and you yeah. brought up something that's also the other thing I, I obsessively do. So if I buy a theme on ThemeForest, I check it on my computer. I check it on my phone. Um, my husband is one of the two percent of people in the world that uses a Windows phone, so I actually check it on <laughs> crazy thing. Um, so I actually check it on his Windows phone. Uh, sometimes I'll even ask somebody with an Android phone to check it on their, you know, like I make sure yeah. I check it. Very cool. Like I check the sample one, not the, you know, I haven't even bought it yet, but I check the sample on a variety of devices. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's really important. And it's not something you think about. I actually just had a client, um, they're photographers in Canada. We We've always looked at their blog on a um, a computer, and they have Android phones. So I have an iPhone, and I went to check the blog, and all of a sudden they were they were pulling featured images from other blogs in, but they couldn't see it because they had Androids and computers, which worked fine on. So I opened up a support ticket, and you know that's the other thing you want to be able to communicate with your theme developers yeah. because ultimately they're the people that can fix these little glitches if you find them yeah. and with every new release of WordPress there may be a little glitch that comes up you know um, it, you know for anybody who's listening or watching that or reading that um, <laughs> uh, wants to find a way to test on different devices that doesn't that when you don't have it so go to a mall Go to a local mall. Almost every local mall is going to have an Apple store or a Microsoft store or a Verizon store or a T-Mobile store or a Sprint store. You name it. They're going to have devices that you could go in and just play with. Yeah, and they're all connected to Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's a great idea. And it, what, it's a half hour of your time, and it can save your business somewhere down the line. Yep. Wow. And you're just even if you're loading up the demo, like, like what you're just saying, the demo from the theme company, uh, or a plugin company's website, load it up and just see how it works on those devices before you go ahead and buy them or, or download them free, whatever they are. Yeah. And, and who here has ever gone into the Apple Store and then put their website on the display and then left? Me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have not done that. <laughs> but I'm going 
going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> so, so for those who are not watching, Christine and I raised our hands. <laughs> yes, I did not. <laughs> I, I, I definitely put my portfolio up on the display and then just scrolled off. Yep. I yep. love that. Especially well, in local ones. Those yeah, are especially for so, photographers yeah. who are looking for local business. All yeah. right, if all you photographers go to the Apple Store, we will know you listen to our podcast yeah. and we see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that. You know, I mentioned that I go and check, like, on the public support. Part of what I'm looking for is just, A, do they answer things? Do they respond? Yeah. Also, how helpful are their responses? Can I read it? And also, you know, because sometimes, you know, people ask questions that aren't really clear. So I'm like, I'm looking for, did they get clarity on the question? Did they answer the question in a way that anybody could pick up? And and then I also use it if maybe there's something that... um, is frequently asked as a, a way to customize the theme. That's where I go and get whatever code or the instructions that I need. Yeah. yeah. And some of these themes have started, or the theme companies, the developers, have even started setting up their own forums where you can go and get even more information. And they talk about it on the theme forest questions. Yeah. I think the WordPress community itself has been addressing this for a long time because ultimately what happens is people who do know WordPress have to go in and clean up after some of these. So I know that theme forest is um, starting to self uh, police and if it hasn't had any changes in three years, they're taking it off. You know, they have the longevity now and I think that's definitely a step in the right direction. So Theme Force is still a viable resource. We just recommend you use it with caution <laughs> or or intelligence. You know, make sure that it is. I know that they check things on WordPress.org that you can download, but even then, use it with yeah. caution. Oh yeah, yeah. There's definitely stuff that gets through. I mean, it it happens. There's there's a theme review team and there's a plugin review team that is donated time. Uh, right. In fact, one of the guys on the Imagely support team who does the support for Next Gen Gallery. Um, he uh, he's actually on the theme review team. So um, for he, WordPress.org. For WordPress.org. So he okay. donates his time and actually goes through a whole review process. Um, I don't know how often he does it. I would I'm gonna say weekly, but I could be wrong. Um, and he's looking at various themes and you know seeing how they live up to the standards. And you know certain things are gonna get by because there's so much so much you can look at um, code wise. And so. Um, but anyway, so so there's there's you know a, some good tips there, um, some words of advice, some words of caution. Just always do your research ahead of time. Ask questions. Um, if you know people who are using WordPress, ask questions. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. But what does make me, what makes me twitch, just like what makes Scott twitch. <laughs> uh, what makes me twitch is people going to Etsy and buying things. Oh, I've never seen that, but whoa. That's I, uh, interesting. Yeah, I've never seen that either. Yeah, so you can go to Etsy and buy WordPress themes, and just like nobody has reviewed those, and whoa. there's no community behind it. There is yeah. no self-policing. Um, some of the people that sell them on Etsy also sell them on their websites, and they're totally reputable designers, so that's fine, but man, you know, and and I I did it years ago. I found a really cute uh, studio press uh, child theme that I bought because I am a little, you know, cowboy, wild west, Whatever. <laughs> Cowboy coding, they call, is when you go <laughs> off and do your own thing. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and 
and it, yeah, like the logo didn't center, and there was no way to fix it, and the fonts were itty bitty, and there was no way to change them, and it was kind of a hot mess. So I wow. think I, I think I spent like twenty dollars on it. It was a tw- good twenty dollars lesson. Wow, that's interesting. And Etsy, I think, has a different target demographic, you know, than the theme forests of the world, and. Uh, I know for a lot of photographers, they want pretty sites and beautiful sites that represent their brand. But again, they think of coding and they think of technical, and it kind of freaks them out a little bit. So there's a, there's still that disconnect between what is what they visually want versus what can they accomplish. And WordPress can do it. It's just finding the right service, the right place, you know, to be able to ask questions and get what you want. The right developer, hire yeah. now. You can find people that can code amazing things and hire yep. them. You don't but not from Etsy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're not going to be on the craft website. So. No. So so okay. make sure you do your research. Um, uh, before we move on to the next thing, I just want to mention. You know, you you were saying that your favorite Studio Press and the fact that there's child themes and the main theme. Uh, I want to briefly say two things on that. One, um, imagely, all the new themes that we're building are all Studio Press child themes. So. Oh. That's a you know a, a big project we're undertaking. I think we have seven of them are nearly complete already, which is great. Um, but uh, I also want to mention really what a child a theme is and what a child theme is because yes, I think that's, I think that's really important. important. Yep. So a theme is the look of your website, right? So you've got, for example, the Studio Press theme, which is actually called Genesis, made by Studio Press, um, which is what Christine was talking about. So. Genesis is a theme. You can install this theme on your site, and you've got a site that looks... Honestly, the Genesis theme alone is boring. It is just... It is what it is, right? It looks more like a blob. Right. But you can install what's called a child theme, which is basically customized version of that main theme. Now, when you install a child theme, that main theme has to be installed side by side. Yep. You activate the child theme... And all it's doing is it's actually reading all the code, the CSS and PHP code, from the main theme, the Genesis theme, for example, and it's styling it to be prettier based on the, the child theme that you activated that has more of a website look or more a different type of blog look, depending on what you want. So there's Genesis and there's Genesis child themes. Um, for example, they have Parallax Pro, which is one of their child themes. Um, uh, they just released one called No Sidebar Pro, which is one of their child themes actually released this morning, I believe. Um, but then you have themes like the Divi theme from uh, Elegant Themes. Divi is this whole other framework and theme, and you could do child themes with Divi. Or um, uh, give me another one. <laughs> I, think, I think the important thing to point out is didn't child themes sort of originated as a way to customize without breaking correct correct without yep. breaking the theme you know yep. like because you do want to be careful if you mess with code like you know what are you messing with are you permanently you know changing something forever and ever because then if you upgrade your wordpress install right which you need to do for security because they're always fixing things then you could totally break your theme and if you have it in a child theme you can easily revert back. And I think the other thing too that was happening is with the main themes, those customizations were getting overridden when those updates were happening. And people 
didn't make records of what they had changed. So with a child theme, you know you have a place where all of those modifications are in one place. And so when things do update, and it is important to update, we should tell our listeners that update. you do want to update. Yeah, and you want to update your WordPress version, but things happen when you do that. So, But it's okay. If you're working with a reputable theme, a reputable developer, they'll help you fix it. Yes. And update your plugins and update yes. your WordPress. Yeah. <laughs> update them all. Do um, it. <laughs> I never used to update my themes. And it, I don't think I ever used to go back and check like if a new theme had come out. Really? Or an updated version of it. Um, and I am the person that I will normally, when a new WordPress uh, version comes out, I will normally wait a, a few days, maybe even a week. Yeah. I don't hit. I don't hit the button immediately, um, because I know like they, everybody else needs some time to catch up. Like, oh, this broke. Right. Yeah. I recommend that too. I mean, there are first adopters out there, and you don't have to be that person, but you do need to update within like the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, it all depends on what the update is, I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's a security update, WordPress actually pushes that. It forces the update for a major right. security update. Um, so you have no choice. But if it's a minor update, wait a couple of days, run your backup, and then... Yes, uh, always have a backup. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and there's different hosts that actually automate this for you. Um, yes. That yes. will actually run your backup, then do an update for you, mm -hmm. so you don't even have to think about it, keeping your site up to date. Um, so before moving on, I'm just going to mention we're going to I'm going to find I know there's going to be at least one or a billion articles out there um, of themes versus child themes. I'm going to find that and link to that um, in the show notes. Great. I'm also going to link to Genesis, Divi, and ThemeFarst. Um, now uh, I just want to move on and just talk about a quick WordPress news topic. Ooh. Um, so earlier we we're talking about uh, Matt Mulweg and the company he actually that he found is called Automatic, with uh, three T's, actually. Um, <laughs> and uh, two T's, like Matt. Yeah, auto yeah. is a T, and then Matt, it's spelled out M-A-T-T-I-C, yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> um, so uh, basically, Automatic is the company behind WordPress.com, WordPress.com being WordPress software hosted by Automatic, and um, you're still kind of limited Think of automatic.com kind of like Squarespace in a way, where they're giving you themes and plugins there. Yeah. You're limited to what you can install. Um, and then there's WordPress.org, which is a self-hosted software, which has no limits. Right. So Automatic um, has just released a beta version of their upcoming WordPress Mac app. There's also going to be a Windows app most likely because of the software they're using to make the Mac app. It works on, on Windows as well. Um, but uh, basically, this Mac app allows you to control your WordPress site from within this app, keeps you logged into your site, and um, so you have to log in every time you want to make you know edit a page, edit a post, whatever. Um, and it uses the, the user interface that is being used at WordPress.com. Now, even though it's made for WordPress.com, it also works with WordPress.org self-hosted websites. So that means you can use it no matter what host you're using, as long as you're using the Automatics, uh, Automatics plugin called Jetpack. So, Which we recommend anyway, just having on your site, right? Uh, oh, no. I, oh, I'm not going to recommend it. Um, Interesting. Uh, I do. I'm going to say if you need Jetpack, 
then use Jetpack. I'm going to say that. Um, if you don't need Jetpack, then don't use Jetpack. It depends on what you need. Because Jetpack has a lot of stuff that not everybody needs. So, I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. I think if you use it, you have to be able to know how to turn on and off yeah. some of the installs. I agree. Yeah. But I do like the functionality in that it gets you into that automatic yes. sort of knowledge base that you're pulling off of. Yeah, there's a lot of advantages to Jetpack. So yes. uh, I'm not going to say it's a bad plugin because uh, I actually do use it on many sites, but um, it's not something that everybody needs. And uh, if you do install Jetpack, or if you haven't installed already, note that Jetpack has what they call modules. So modules yes. are basically mini plugins inside of the Jetpack plugin. If there's something, well, first, there's a lot of modules that are active when you first install the plugin. Correct. Including ones that have like advanced math functionality. Yeah. Photographers do not need that, which means um, that's active by default. So that means that when you install Jetpack, you've got this math functionality that you're never going to use on your photography website. Correct. So I would never have used that on any website I've ever owned. Right. I know. Right. <laughs> right. So so if you have Jetpack installed, go to the settings, look at what look at what modules are active, and disable the ones you do not need because they're just adding stuff to your site you don't need. Yeah. Um, and if you want to take advantage of this Mac uh, WordPress Mac app that's now in beta and we'll link to this in the show notes as well, uh, you need to turn on one of the features inside of Jetpack. I think it's called Jetpack Manage, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not mistaken. Basically, it connects to your WordPress.com account, and then you can control your site from within this Mac app. So right. it's and really neat. Jetpack is where I get most of the questions of the difference between WordPress.com and WordPress.org. Because what are they? You need a WordPress.com account, to set up Jetpack on your WordPress.org website. So, I mean, yep. it really can get confusing if you're not living it like we are. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be very confusing. A lot of people always, they'll find, you know, well, first of all, pe you know, people find WordPress.com first because they're, everybody says, you need WordPress, you need WordPress. And so, right. they, by default, you just go to WordPress.com. Where else would you go? Um, so if you're using WordPress.com, just realize it's if you're using it for your business or you're making money off of that website in any way, uh, it's not free. Right. You know, it is free if you're just using it to run a personal blog. But make sure you realize that you technically need to be paying for it if right. you're advertising on it, if you're running a website for your business. Um, and paying also gets you more features, which in a way makes... WordPress.com and Squarespace to me are even more similar. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because it is, it's, it's a serv, you know, it's a service that then you don't have to update your WordPress install and everything else because it just magically happens for you. Now, I have a question for you because, Christine, because you've, you've done so much content creation. Um, my biggest complaint with the Squarespaces of the world in the WordPress.com is the issue of whether you own your content. Have you ever addressed that with any of your clients in terms of if Squarespace went away tomorrow, what happens to all their blogs and the things they've created? So, you should say that. That's actually part of why I love WordPress. You know, have okay. your own hosting, build on the land you own. Yeah. Um, you own it. You know what happens. You are responsible for your backups. You can have backups because 
I haven't seen it happen to anybody in a long time, but a hosting company could also go away tomorrow. Right. Um, so make sure you have your own backups. But I do, I, everybody's, uh, even Facebook's terms and conditions are written basically right. saying we have your right to display your content, but you still own it. I'm sure Squarespace is not, and I know WordPress is not trying to claim yeah. ownership of your content. That the wording gets confusing because we're not lawyers, and um, but really all that they're trying to say is that I'm granting them the right to display what I post, right? Which is no different than I'm granting Gmail the right to send an email for me, and Google's not saying that they own my emails. Yeah, right. that's a really great perspective. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so we were going to move on a little yeah. bit. Scott, um, do you want to? Yeah, let's talk about uh, ways to make blogging easier on WordPress. So what I thought would be kind of fun is to share, each of us, to share uh, a tip of some sort about how to make blogging easier. So uh, I'll start real quick, and then we'll go on to Christine and then Rachel. Um, so my tip is to use um, a plugin and service. It's a paid service, a free plugin paid service called CoSchedule. It saves so much time organizing, scheduling, getting blog posts out there on social media. So it basically is an editorial calendar. From your back end, you have a calendar. You can drag and drop blog posts to wherever you want in the calendar. And you can set up scheduling to uh, Twitter, to LinkedIn, to Facebook pages, Facebook personal and Facebook groups that you manage. Um, uh, and you can connect it to Buffer if you want to connect it to Buffer. Um, or you can just do it just with CoSchedule. Um, so it's a really powerful tool. Um, I know Christine loves the tool too, um, but uh, so I stole her thunder with that one. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so CoSchedule, definitely check that out. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll be linking to that in the show notes. Yeah, I was gonna say I love CoSchedule. I've been using it for a long time, and it just makes it really handy to push things out. So. Um, my favorite tip, because I think a lot of people get really intimidated when they get into that WordPress box. They're like, oh, writing a blog post, this is scary. Um, you know, whatever reason. I'm, and I watch those exact same people go to Facebook and write these epic and amazing posts on Facebook. You know, this post is great. It could be a blog post. So, uh, but Facebook, Facebook isn't as intimidating. Um, you know, I mentioned build on the land that you own. You don't own Facebook. And people don't. People don't go through your Facebook business page like they go through a blog where they hop from post to post and read things. So if WordPress intimidates you, a couple of different ways you can go about writing posts um, so that you get them written and then get them into your blog is either um, I've handwritten blog posts, written them out, and then transcribed them, or I've actually told people to open up Facebook and write your whole post in that Facebook box where you don't feel so intimidated. And then don't hit publish there. Just hit, you know, copy it and paste it into your WordPress site. And That's put your images in and everything else. And then it's not, it's just not so scary then. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have, that I've suggested that to you have come back and said, you know, that, that got them through that hurdle of putting it on their blog. I don't know. I think it's just the permanence of the fact that it's a blog post, but that's also why blogging matters. Uh, everything that you do on social media, this goes back to post schedule actually, um, 
your blog post should be the center of your universe and everything you do on social media should point people back to those blog posts over and over again. You know, have a reason why you're putting something on social media. Like, where does it drive them to? Is there a call to action? Do they go read a blog post? Do they go contact you for more information? Do they go and book you? Yeah, I, I totally agree with all those points. I actually go and say the same things to all the photographers I talk with. So we are so aligned on that. <laughs> so I agree with everything she said. Um, the other thing that I like to talk about for a blogging tip is to blog on a schedule. So um, once a week at the same day and the same time will help to build your organic SEO by um, blogging for the Google robots as opposed to blogging for your your still your voice. You want to blog to your potential clients and and um, your your target audience. But by blogging on a schedule, and it you'll get the um, by blogging on a schedule for the robots, you kind of look at it as a business tasks versus this overwhelming like personal journey. So it doesn't have to be once a week at the same day and the same time. It can be um, once a month, at, on, uh, although I don't think that's enough um, repetition. But if you do it on the same day, like the 1st and the 15th, and you know build up from that, um, just try and get it on a schedule, and that way it's not quite so overwhelming for, you know, I have to blog every day, or I didn't blog yesterday, so now I'm going to do three blogs in one day. That's my tip. And I think, are you saying this? I, people always say, how often do I need to blog? And I'm like, just blog weekly. That's yeah. 52 mm -hmm. posts a year. Yep. It's not insurmountable when you just, you're like, it's just 52 posts. Yep. You know? And most most of us have had more than 52 clients in a year. Yeah. And I also like to um, say a lot of photographers I talk to, they say, well, I sit down and I bang out three blogs in one day. And I'm like, that's awesome. But instead of pressing publish on all of them, there's a schedule feature in both WordPress and Squarespace where you can schedule it out. So by having your day be Wednesday at 1 o'clock, which is some of the highest user engagement on Facebook, you make sure that your blogs, those three blogs that you wrote in one day, that's three weeks of content Wednesday at 1 o'clock. So, you know, by getting it on a schedule and really making it a task versus uh, something that is emotional, it, it, it sometimes helps to get it out because that's the most important thing. Sometimes done is enough, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, Blogging is definitely intimidating, so these are all great things to, um, you know, help with that for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm, I am an emotion. I make a point of doing exactly what you said, Rachel. Um, but ultimately, I'm an emotion writer. Right. Uh, matter of fact, in the early back back in the day, back in the <laughs> early days of blogging, we didn't have Facebook, so face my blog really was like, I would post five times a day, some days. Right. Um, but short posts. You know, your posts don't all have to be, they should be long. It, again, Google loves you so much more when they are. But I, you know, if something is worthy of Facebook, I actually make myself step back and go, I'm going to put this on Facebook. Wait, should this really be going on my blog? Yeah, that's a great, a great. I remember back in the days we had live journal with all my friends. So we use that as what Facebook kind of is now. 
Um, I think what happens to photographers, though, and I know it's definitely happened to me, is that you get burnt out on social media. You know, oh my gosh, did you post on Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram? And, and it's like, oh my goodness. So at least with your blog, you're creating what Christine was talking about, and we call it evergreen content, meaning people can always come back to it, and you can share it. I think a statistic I saw on Twitter is that if you share it three times on Twitter, three different times, your chances of one follower seeing it is like greater than if you share it once, you know? Um, so I thought that was interesting because you don't think to reshare this stuff. Yeah. Post Schedule has actually written some really great articles yes. that, that you should link also in the show notes. Post Schedule has an amazing blog. Yes, I totally agree with that. But one of them has talked about like how often, uh, because that's part of what I use Post Schedule for, not just the editorial calendar part. But to then say, okay, this post is going live today. Um, it, you know, Thursday at 2 p.m. is when this post is going to go live. Now on co-schedule, I then uh, go through their interface and I say, also share it on Twitter on Friday at 10 a.m. and share it on Twitter twice on Saturday and yeah. share it in a month and share it in three months. Yeah. Like you can, forward schedule right inside your WordPress install all of these future social media pushes. Yeah. Um, and another great thing about co-schedule is when there are days, um, be mindful of what you schedule for social media. So if you've scheduled something, uh, a great example was uh, when Nelson Mandela passed away. If you had something scheduled to go out, in the few hours after that, when everybody's writing these tribute posts on Twitter and Facebook, don't publish some happy, you know, happy, yay, right. this wedding was so joyful in the middle of that. Um, the Paris bombings would be another example. Like when those things happen, when you hear a major media event, I then go into co-schedule and go, uh, do That's I think great. it's scheduled to go out right now? Cause maybe, I should change that. Maybe yeah. that should go out in a day. That's or great advice. Or if it does go out, you can delete it, you know, and then right. have it go out at a different time. So don't be afraid once things go out and if something like that is going on to take them down. Yeah. Just delete it. Yeah. You know, you, um, because it doesn't happen so much with solo entrepreneurs, but there have been a lot of, you know, major companies that, yeah. you know, people have had a lot of backlash. Like, how insensitive of them to publish this right now. Yeah. So our next feature is guest recommended WordPress product, but we talked about co-schedule. Do you have any other WordPress stuff that you would recommend? Um, so the other plugin that I use and love, and it kind of runs along the same thing. Um, I write a blog post, and then I use a plugin called Social. It's by Mailchimp, and if you look for it in the WordPress.org plugin directory, uh, that's how I always tell people to search for it. Search Social by Mailchimp. And it will come up. And what it does is when I write a blog post, I use social initially to push it to Twitter and Facebook. And any comments that are made, like if somebody retweets it on Twitter or somebody likes it or comments on Facebook, um, my WordPress install actually pulls those comments into WordPress and keeps them as comments forever and ever. Um, and part of why that's important is back to the SEO thing, because then Google sees it and is like, oh, there was engagement on this post. Yeah. 
Um, and secondly is I'm just not waiting for it to load from Facebook. It now lives inside my blog. It's permanently. You see, it gets so frustrating because I would share a post on Facebook and 50 people might comment on it. And meanwhile, no one was making comments directly on my blog. Right. So this way, a post on my blog looks like it has 50 comments because it does. It just brings it all back together. Do you so, do you ever get concerned because the Facebook API changes so much? Have you had I, that problem with the plugin? You no, know, every once in a while, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, why isn't it bringing things in? And I go update the plugin, and it's fine. Okay, great. So um, I've been using it now for probably two or three years. Wow. Well, no, well, I'll make sure we link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, that's a recommendation right there, the longevity of it. Which in Internet terms is like... Yeah. 40 years. Um, so I've definitely been using I was using it long before I, you know, I added CoSchedule and CoSchedule then fits in. Um, I run a Facebook group, uh, a business brilliantly Facebook group. So if a post is relevant to my Facebook group, I use CoSchedule immediately to push it to my Facebook group. Um, I'm not very good about pushing to LinkedIn. That's actually a 2016 goal is to get into LinkedIn a bit more. And um, and then I use it to schedule my future Facebook shares, uh, you know, Twitter tweets and everything else. So I use it more for I use co-schedule for the future scheduling, right? And social for the immediate first first hit. That's so, great. So, um, Christine, any final thoughts that you want to share with everybody before we uh, wrap this up? Um, and s- stop giving Facebook. All of your amazing content. <laughs> because it has such a short shelf life. Um, it feels it feels good. It feels like everybody's gonna see it. So many more, you know, people are always like, oh, people don't read my blog. People aren't reading your blog because you're not posting anything there. Right. It's boring. Um, so if you write the po- write the post initially on your blog where you own it. Um, if I go to your Facebook page, I'm only going to read the most recent two or three posts, maybe five at the most. I'm not going to scroll down and read something that you posted four months ago. But if I, if it's on your blog and you're directing me to your blog, I will then go. Um, I used to have client meetings where my uh, wedding couples would show up and they would tell me, they're like, wow, you sound just like you sound online. Um, and I would mention something that maybe I blogged about six months earlier, and they're like, oh, yeah, I read that on your blog. Yeah, it's amazing how that happens. When people, when there's good content there, or even just content there in general, people will sit there and go through it if they are interested in hiring you. Um, and all that's doing for you is building your no like, and trust factor. They, they're getting to know you. They're starting to like you. They're learning to trust you. And so while your Facebook page may get more shares, your blog is actually getting much more valuable interaction. Um, post it to both, but make sure you give, I mean, stop giving Facebook all your good content. Facebook can go away tomorrow. Probably <laughs> yes, not. Yeah. But, but they yeah. are constantly changing algorithms and everything else. Uh, our business pages are not being displayed like right. they were two years ago at yeah. all. And I'm watching people that built their whole business on Facebook. Really, you know, some of them, some of them are doing just fine, but some of them are really struggling because what was accurate two years ago isn't accurate anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Sweet. Yeah, great, great, great uh, advice there to, to, to wrap this up. So, um, Christine, thank you for joining us today, and thank you, Rachel, for being an awesome co-host. Um, Anytime. <laughs> um, you can find the show notes at imagely.com slash podcast slash two. Cute. Um, and stay tuned for the ability to subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And so, you can also go to the Splendor and get it, you know, then go subscribe. Yes. 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 And you can find all of Christine's links in our show notes as yes. well. Christine, do you want to tell them quickly where to find you? Um, I will, but it's so hard. I'm not going to spell it out. So I am at christinetremolay.com. And um, is it okay if I go ahead and mention our my uh, do it my, my yeah. sherry thing? Do it. Um, so I actually <laughs> also have um, I have a a. a series of tips on just different things that you can do to improve your blog to make it a better experience for your readers called Blogging Brilliantly. And um, if, so if you join my Blogging Brilliantly email list, you will get those tips. And you can actually go to bloggingbrilliantly.com to access that. Um, it's a lot easier than me spelling out Christine Tremolay. Yeah. So uh, they're both out there as resources for you. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Until next time. Bye. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.